So once there was this boy, and one day this boy came to the adults and asked for, what does it all mean? What's the meaning of life? What's my purpose? Why am I here? And those adults said, we're really glad you came here. Now is the time. We have all the answers. We have all that you will ever need. It's in this. And they handed the boy this backpack. And the adults told this boy, all you ever need to know about life your purpose, your meaning, why you're here is in this backpack. Trust us. And the boy did. The boy took the backpack. And the boy started to live his life. And he was so amazed at all that was in this backpack. Every question he needed Answers for, they were there. And he would sit with his backpack, and he loved his backpack, and he felt so free. And when he looked at the other kids, and he knew that he had the answers and they didn't, he felt so much power and so much joy and so much excitement. And as he grew, the backpack started to grow with him, and he took it everywhere. Him and this backpack were one. It was a part of him, an extension. But then one day, the boy started to notice that the backpack became heavy, and he didn't understand why. And so he went to those adults and he asked, why is this backpack so heavy? And they said, because you're wearing it wrong. Don't worry, it's fine. Just put it this way. This backpack is what you need. This backpack is all that you'll need. So the boy trusted them. But he noticed that as he tried to adjust the straps on the backpack, that the weight kind of went away, but then, but sometimes it didn't. But he knew that this backpack was the answers, and so he had to make it work. So he tried to do all he can to make himself stronger to hold the backpack. And that worked for a while. And then the boy noticed, though, that some of the questions that he needed answers to, he couldn't find the answers in this backpack. No matter how hard he looked, no matter how much he searched, and all the things that were inside the backpack, there weren't answers for it. And he was brokenhearted, and he didn't know what to do. So naturally... He went back to the adults and he asked them, 
I don't see any answers for my questions in this backpack. And the adult said, Well, maybe those questions don't need answers. Or maybe you're asking the wrong questions. Trust us, we promise you, the answers are there. You're just not asking the right questions. Trust us, trust this, trust doing it this way. This backpack will give you all the happiness. This backpack will give you all the joy. This backpack will give you everything that you will ever need. And even though the boy didn't like it, he knew that these adults all through the years hadn't done him wrong. And his backpack really hadn't done him wrong. And in the beginning, it was nice and it was happy and it was wonderful. And so the boy thought, okay, all right. So he took his backpack, which was, again, heavy, and he carried it with him. And he started to to notice that every time that he asked a question and couldn't find an answer to, the backpack got a little heavier. But he knew that every time he'd gone back to the adults and asked that, They said he was asking the wrong questions, so he thought something was wrong with him. Because he went to a boy who had the same backpack and was given the same backpack as he was, and he noticed the boy was holding it correctly, and he asked him, that backpack looks so light on you, why does yours, why does it seem that way? He says, oh, I found all the answers that I needed. And so the boy began to tell the other boy about his story and how his backpack has started to get heavy, and he noticed that when he looked in the backpack for answers to these questions, that he couldn't find any. And then the boy just stared at him, and he said, Oh, you're doing it wrong. Trust me. Trust them. The backpack is all that you'll need. But no matter how hard he tried, no matter how hard He tried to find the answers in this backpack and look for them in this backpack this exact way. He couldn't find the answers to his questions, and that made him sad. Eventually, it made him so sad and so angry that he took the backpack and he threw it across the room, and he hid it away. He said, I must have the wrong backpack. I have to go find a new backpack. And so this boy searched and searched and searched. He went all over the place trying to find just the right backpack for him. And some fit, they kind of fit. Some of them had answers. Some of them were different sizes and different colors, but no matter how hard he tried, they just didn't fit right. And... And although that he might have gotten some some answers from this backpack and some answers from that backpack, they didn't fit. And after a while, with each backpack, he took it and he would just throw it across the room and get angry. And he looked and he had a pile of backpacks. And that made him even more depressed and more sad. And so the boy left without a backpack, and walked around, sad, angry, 
depressed. He saw all these happy people and wondered why. Why can't I be happy? They have their backpacks and it's just fine. Until so the boy sat. And then he had this thought. So he went back into his room. And he found that old backpack that once was was so heavy and caused him so much hurt and pain. And he opened it up. And then he had this thought, what if I dumped out everything that was in that backpack? So he dumped it out. And as he did that, he noticed that there was this, this, this thing inside him that changed. But he saw this one thing in there and he realized that this one thing gave him some some joy and some hope and some answers and he put it in the back put it back in the backpack and then he thought well what if i could do that with the other backpacks and so the boy did and he found all the other backpacks in his room and he took the backpacks and he took out what he wanted and what he needed and what gave him that joy and that hope and he filled it into his old backpack until his backpack was full so he zipped it up and then he decided he put it on and that backpack was the lightest thing he had ever worn and he was so happy but he was scared because he knew what happened with the other backpacks they all got heavy they all would, would leave him with unanswered questions and they all brought him pain and suffering at the end because not all of them gave him the answers and not all of them gave him the joy and the happiness that he was told he would find. And, but he decided that, that, that I'm just going to try it just for a little while and although I'm scared, I, I, feel like, I feel like I need to give this a chance and so the boy went out into the world and then lo and behold he was faced with something that he didn't he didn't understand and he had questions and then he looked but instead of instead of not finding the answers like he usually did he looked at one of the things from the other backpack and he found the answer and he was so excited because he was like he just wanted to find joy in the answers to this so he kept going and day after day the boy did this and he found that, that 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 all along it, it wasn't so much that it was well he found out that with all the questions he had he would find different answers from different parts of these things inside the backpack and he realized that he was happy and the backpack never felt heavy. And the backpack fit just right. Every day, every time. And it became a part of him. And he loved the backpack. And he was so excited. But then he started to notice that there were all these people that were carrying these backpacks that were so heavy. And they looked sad. And then he saw the boy that he once saw and when he remembered that the, that boy that once looked so happy 
wasn't so happy anymore. And he was hunched over because the backpack was so heavy. And he walked over to him, and the other boy was so amazed. He says, well, how, is, how are you not, how are you keeping this up? And so the boy shared his story with him. And the other boy was, was amazed. Because he had never heard anyone tell him it that way. That you could put whatever you wanted into the backpack. And that when you looked when you look into the backpack and there might not be an answer to it, you can find something else to put in it for the answer, if it gives you the answer. And the boy was so amazed. Because it doesn't matter what's in the backpack or what backpack you have. It matters what you put in it. What's up, guys? This is Roy, and you're listening to the Balanced Mail Podcast Series. So this episode that I'm recording today is is going to be about faith. And more importantly, my faith journey. And i was been trying to figure out how to start the, this episode or how to really share uh, what I wanted to share about. And this friend of mine told me to, he said that, uh, well, he said that, you know, when Jesus was telling or trying to teach something or show somebody something, that that he used parables. So that that ten minute intro was was my take on a parable. And and the backpack was to symbolize faith. And as you'll see in, in this episode, I'm gonna talk about how how sometimes the faith that we're given or the faith that we're shown, especially in a in a, a Christian structure or a Christian church or something like that, in the beginning can become this thing that is so joyous and so wonderful and, and provides you everything that you need, every answer, and you're told that it will give you happiness and everything that you'll ever need. And, and for some of us, we find that eventually that a lot of it was fucking bullshit <laughs> and then we we let go of it and then we try to find new faiths and new things or or we don't even wear or we don't even have a faith and but then if we're lucky if we keep our hearts open, we end up finding a faith. And so it's kind of what I'm going to talk with us tonight. And, and you know, you could say, what, and I know some people can say, why talk about faith? Why is there a need for this? And, you know, I think the need is because a lot of us at some point are hurt by these structures and, and these things that were placed, that are placed upon us. And we want to know how, we want to know why. Why did it? Why? Why did it hurt us? Why did they say it this way? Why did they do it this way? 
We want to know if there's a place for it anymore. And really, we just want to be fucking happy, right? So that's why I think I wanted to share it, because in my faith journey, and in this, you know, <laughs> it's so, I, I'm constantly laughing about it because I'm sharing about faith and I'm all of that. But, but in my faith journey, I've found a place for faith. I found a place for for all of this again. And it looks different. It looks all really fucking different. And it's awesome. And I think that, you know, like I say all the time in this podcast or why I started it, because our stories connect us. And so my hope is that my story of faith can help connect some people and that you'll feel that there's a way with this there's a way to have faith there's a way to walk through this there's a way to heal there's a way to find joy again so if you're with me still and you haven't turned off the podcast i welcome you to it and my hope is that you'll take this ride with me and now most of you know that when i when i talk sometimes i go on tangents and i I do have a plan and i do have a structure and i do have a (laughs) direction I want to go but it's probably going to take some twists and turns but I promise if if you stick with me I'm I'm sure you'll get some some pretty cool stuff out of it so here we go so there's this quote I really like uh, from this director named Andrew Morgan he was talking about what I'm going to talk about today well kind of and this quote's kind of the foundation or the inspiration for a lot of this. Um, oh, and I also do need to give a shout out to Andrew Schwartz, who is a preacher of a Methodist church. He was, uh, we've had a lot of conversations and he uh, had me at his church uh, about a month or so ago and I kind of told the story, what I'm going to talk about right now. And, and But I only had 20 minutes and so I felt like it needed more than that, so, so yeah, but uh, this quote, so thank you, Andrew, sorry, but this quote is, uh, it's talking about how people that have grown up in a church, what they eventually start to see and feel, and uh, what happens to them, and he says that we were handed this narrow tradition that did not keep pace with the complexity of the world we found ourselves in. And yet we still feel this ache, this longing for a space to keep open, for how significant this place is and how important our story is that we are in the middle of. And this was me. So much. And I just, it has stopped me in my tracks. And so my hope is that, that as I'm saying this, you'll, you'll get to understand it. But, but really the foundation we're going to talk about is being handed an error tradition. And then the, the ultimate, what always happens is that it doesn't stick with the world that we're in. But there's an ache. There's an ache. And the eight could be, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Is there a God? What does it all mean? 
and it doesn't go away. And so, and that is something that I think is the linchpin for me is the ache and that never went away. And so we're going to talk about that too. But uh, here we go. So I was given a faith. Um, I was born into a church, born into a structure, a, a Christian structure. And much like people who are born into a church, you're sort of told how to have your faith. You're told this is how it is, this is what it means, this is how it's going to be, and this is why you do it. And that was me. I, I was, I was to- told who God was. I was told what i do with it. I was told how to worship, all of it. And I just did it, because why, why not? You know, there were these adults and these people in my life, and I trusted them, so, so why not go with it? And then why, you know, and, and I trusted them because for a long time it, it, it answered all my questions. You know, why is this world so awesome? Because God made it awesome. Why does this happen? Because God does it. Oh, cool. Why is the sky blue? Because God designed it this way. And, you know, you look in, back in Genesis and he made it this way. And, you know, why is there light? And, you know, let there be light. So all of this stuff. And so, so it works. And it's like... There's a heaven and a hell, and okay, and you do these things, and you know, and as a kid, you're like, well, well, I don't want to go to hell, so okay, cool, I want to do this stuff, right? And so, with the faith, you know, you have the rules and the structures and the consequences and all that stuff, and and it was okay, you know, it was it was fine, it was fine, and I found joy and I found happiness until I got into freaking middle school. Because then there's these questions that start coming up. Because as eventually, as you're a kid, you, you, you're, you're away from the family, you're away from this thing, you're put into school, and you're faced with all of this stuff, right? You're beginning to see these things, and it, and, and it doesn't make sense, right? So you, you, you know, and so you go to these people, and, and so there's a couple things started happening. One was I quit feeling free. Because what I was told was that you had to do it this way. Walk this line, right? You got to keep going this way. And if you go all, if you tilt any further, any to the left or the right, then that's all she wrote and you're going to burn in hell. You know, not like that, but, but I mean, essentially that's what they tell you, right? So instead of feeling free, I started to notice that I felt a lot of fear. Um, it was fear of, of stepping out of line. And so, and that starts to feel heavy. And the fear didn't get easier with age. There was more fear. And it was so wild with, with every new change in my life, every new stage, or every year I got older, I just felt more and more fear. Fear of falling away. Fear of falling out of favor. Fear of just fucking fear because God was watching me and these adults were watching me and they were telling me, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. And so it just, it just became this, I was just this walking, fearful, 
person that was afraid to do anything, afraid to, to try, afraid to be in any situation that didn't look, feel, or seem like what was shown to me. You know, and that's a lot for a kid to handle. It's a lot for a kid to take. That's a lot for a kid. And then an, a, a teenager and then young adult t- to walk with, right? So then you have this fear. But then what happens, like these, these, these strict, rigid traditions is that it doesn't fit, it doesn't keep pace, it doesn't answer the questions. And so all of a sudden, I'm going to these people that I trust and going to to the Bible, per se, yeah, to the Bible and these people to, for answers, and they're telling me that if I can't see the answers, essentially what they were saying, that if I if I can't see the answers, if I don't feel what they feel, see what they see, then there's something wrong with me. And that I have to pray harder, read harder, look at it differently, read this whatever by this person that's in this circle of trust, circle of, of, of faith people, and you'll get the answers. But no matter how hard I tried, I never got the answers. And it just left me with this, this, this just feeling. I was fucking depressed you know I was fucking depressed because I couldn't see it so there had to be something wrong with me and so you just you just I just kept walking because what else was I going to do? I didn't want to leave it because although I didn't have the answers right now or I didn't see it or, or whatever, I, I knew that the other, if I walked away from this, I'm walking away from God, I'm walking away from this, and I'm going to go to hell, you know? And I also skipped over something that was incredibly, also, it's the biggest thing, which I think, you know, although it's out of place, maybe with where I'm at in my story. Sorry guys, I told you we were going to be on twists and turns, but so you have this, okay? So I have the fear. I have the depression because I'm not seeing it seeing it the way they want to. But then what tended what started to happen, especially with mine with my structure that I was in and my faith is that you know, there's all these these scriptures in the Bible about you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you're this divine thing, but but I was never really shown that. I was always shown that I'm this wretched creature that nailed this man on a cross because I masturbate at night, and I'm a terrible person for it, and I should feel like shit. I mean, they didn't exactly say it like that, but they might as well have. Right? Like, that's that that sucks to hear, right? <laughs> you know, that, that you're... You know, it's like, it's, it's this weird, this weird, I don't know if it's a paradox, if that's the right word, just this re- weird thing, because you have these, this, the scripture that says, you know, you're created, you know, man is creating God image, but you're a piece of crap at the same time, because, 
you know, because you do all these things, and so you should feel like crap, and you're unworthy. And the basis of this faith is unworthiness, you know, and, and it's so weird to, to, to see that. But that was what was taught to me, you know. And so, so I, I'm just, I'm living my life with fear, depression, and knowing that I'm not good enough. But tell people saying, just keep praying, just keep reading. You're looking at it wrong. And it just got to this point where it's like, you know what? I never feel safe. I never feel free. I never feel enough. I'm unworthy. And I'm seeing things that don't make sense. And this can't possibly be it. I just remember thinking that this can't possibly be it, right? Because if if this was it, shouldn't I feel differently? So... So I, I... I just, I just left. I had to leave, right? I had to leave. And that's what I did. I left. And I went through my this was all bullshit phase. <laughs> I kicked the metaphorical door down and I took off. I didn't care where I was going. I didn't care what I saw. I just had to get as far away as I could. And it's so funny because <laughs> because I think <laughs> what happened next is just fucking hilarious because I went from I went from this church and this structure to <laughs> I took a job shortly after it was shortly after I was leaving it was kind of this overlap but I took this job at um this coffee shop that was started by an Anglican minister and uh <laughs> he started his business based off selling coffee to churches. And so he started this coffee shop and he would, you know, he sold his coffee to churches because he uses ta- this this thing because he had uh, started a washing station in Rwanda and was sold, you know, it was, it's really good, great story. But but I went right from this Christian structure to what was essentially the... Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> it was Atlanta's own Jesus coffee shop. And so I was thrust from from one faith to in my everything is bullshit phase, and I was at a Christian coffee shop. So I mean, it was really good coffee, and and it was amazing. But 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 what's so funny is is you know I was surrounded by a different. It wasn't my church or my faith, but it was all these other churches. And every day you would see people reading their Bibles and and. And doing all these cool little conference stuff, and it was, and it was hilarious. I I was always laughing at just like, oh my gosh, here I am. And and so then, I would I would go and I would go to all these churches and set up coffee stations and 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 talk about our coffee. And and I'd see these, you know, I'd saw everything that that I saw before. And and I I even got to go on a coffee tour to all four of the biggest. Christian music conferences in, in America. And I, I got to see so much that, I mean, I mean, you're, you're, think about this. It's like going to Bonnaroo, but there's no drugs and no alcohol. There's still the same amount of people, like hundreds of thousands of people, but it's all Christian music groups. And then every day at seven, everything stops and they preach for a day. Same tent, same everything, but yeah. 
And instead of seeing like, you know, it's just, it, you know, you'd see things like, you know, the, the clothes they were wearing were the, the, the taglines, all the cool hip, you know, Christian lingo and stuff like that. And so, but what that did is, is that showed me a different side, but all it did was be, was like, it showed me that Jesus was a commodity. And so then that made me more angry and more angry and more angry. And so I was just like, yeah, this is all bullshit. And I tell people that, yeah, it's just, it's all bullshit, right? But what was so funny is that even though I was so angry, even though I was so frustrated, there was this thing, this this like nudge all the time. Uh, you can call it the ache or what it was, but I was always questioning. I was always searching for answers, right? Searching for what does it all mean? Because I knew that this can't be it, right? There's got to be something going on. I was like, I don't know. I just, I just, I couldn't let it go. But I knew I wasn't going to find it in this, this old structure, this, this quote unquote Christian structure, because everything that I had been shown from my life and in this job, everything I saw, it had killed any hope of seeing truth in Christianity or even God. Um, cause it, you know, the, and it was because of the anger and the hurt I felt. So, so what I did was, was I just searched, I searched for answers and it's really cool because I think that I know that I've been nudged in the right direction many times and, and I was, and as I searched and I looked at all sorts of books and all sorts of authors, I mean, I've read so many books from so many authors and I think that I'm going to, you know, sort of put in my show notes or, or whatever kind of links to the books that have really changed me or helped me. But, you know, I think the biggest ones that have helped me, I mean, books were, were the main thing, but the biggest things that helped me was, um, like Love Wins by Rob Bell, um, that was a really good book for me to, and also the Velvet Elvis, those two kind of breaking down old patterns. Um, the Power of Now and New Earth by Eckhart Tolle sort of helped break it down. Um, Ram Dass, Chris for the Mill, breaking it down. Um, and so what I began to see was that that there were answers and there was this connection and there were things and and. And I was finding answers, and and I was finding truth in all of these places. And it was so wild because, you know, as a kid, I was told that the only way to find truth is this one way, you know. And so that was what was what was really what was really cool, you know, to find to find truth. And it was really awesome because I started owning the truth that I was finding, and and I was finding that, you know. I I could have these answers and and I was having a faith. I was rebuilding my faith. I guess you could say that. Um, But yeah, these books, and I was breaking it down a lot of what I had previously seen. Um, But really the books and the knowledge and all of that was cool. Um, but there were a couple things that I think really 
really helped me. Um, because at a certain point, you can read all the books you want. But there was still a lot of anger, and there was still a lot of hurt, and there was still a lot of stuff that I was carrying around. Because because a lot of us, you know, if we're hurt by it, you know, there's real anger, there's real pain, there's real frustration, there's real stuff that, and it, it was popping up in the weirdest places. And I started to not find answers from my pain in these books. And so then came more frustration and more anger. So that's when I knew I had to really do some stuff. And, and I think my wife helped me in this area because I think if there, she's been someone who could see that I needed to heal this part of me. And so I began to do a couple things. You know, I've, I've, I had to take ownership Because at some point in my life, it became less about what these people did or what I was shown and more about what I was going to do about it, I guess. And it's hard to take ownership. It's hard to leave, you know, I didn't want to leave the victimhood, right? Because it was their fault. They did this. It, these people taught me this faith and taught me this 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 thing that caused me hurt and pain but when you when you when you get older and you become an adult or whatever you got to like I don't, I don't know I you just I knew I was hurt but I just didn't want my present and my future to be defined by my past and this fucked up system right because i was just being a victim and allowing myself to be a victim to this and it wasn't doing me any good i mean i was reading book after book after book after book but i wasn't taking ownership of what i can do about it you know i tell my students all the time there's only one thing you can control and that's your reaction to things you can't control what life is going to do to you. I couldn't control what these people shown me, but I could start controlling how I was going to act. And I knew for damn sure that I wasn't going to let this past or what these things start to define who I who I was or what I could or couldn't do, right? But ownership is hard. Ownership didn't mean I had to make it what these people did or what happened to me right or wrong. It's not. It's just accepting that that's what happened and moving on and not letting these people in the past control what I did. And once I started taking ownership, I realized that I was in the driver's seat. Once I realized that I was in the driver's seat, I don't think I ever saw it before because you have to take ownership of your life and your faith. And that started putting me on this path. To, to finding new answers. And I felt lighter once I started taking ownership. And also therapy. You guys got it. I mean, therapy has been one of the biggest linchpins. Talking to someone about it. 
That's the second thing I did. I talked about it. I had to talk about my hurt and my pain. God, it fucking sucks to look at your pain, doesn't it? It fucking sucks to talk about things that hurt. Staring at yourself. You know, just, just, why well, sit around and talking about it? But, you know, we can't avoid it. Can't pretend it's not there. You know, there's this, this quote, this author, I, I don't know the name and, and I forget, but she talks this, she talks about grief and how, you know, grief is like a wolf. She uses the, the metaphor of a wolf. And so you can throw the wolf in the basement and lock it down without any food or water. Eventually the wolf's going to bust down the door, right? And so you can't avoid this pain. You have to talk about it. Through talking about it, you're able to, to learn from it and, and grow from it and let it go. You know, Richard, Richard Rohr talks about this quote, he says, by avoiding the legitimate pain of being human, we sadly bring on ourselves much more longer-lasting and often fruitless pain. And so that's what happened to me. It was I wasn't talking about it, and it was just causing so much, so much dumb frustration, pain, arguments, and and. And so the once I started talking about it, once I started learning from the pain, that's when I started to feel lighter, you know. And so you always have two paths when you're when you're you're, you're looking at your pain. You can just let it push it to the side, try to forget about it, or you can walk through the pain, walk with it, and see what you're trying to learn from it. Another quote from Richard Ward says, "We always learn our mystery at the price of our innocence." You know, and it's like the pain is necessary in a lot of ways. You know, pain is the greatest teacher. And the more I talk about it, and even doing this podcast and just sharing with you guys, <clears throat> the lighter I feel. And that's one thing I think I would tell everybody is to just, you know, find someone to talk to about this. Because you're really not alone. The more I've talked about it, the more I've noticed that people have felt and gone through same things I have. And I'm able to connect, I'm able to grow, and I'm able to move on. And it's amazing to have that. And to be able to let go of it. In the right way. And then also something that I did was I had to start forgiving and I think I noticed that once I began began to forgive and let go through the forgiveness, that the power of all of it became less and less. So the ownership helped me feel lighter. And then the talking, the forgiveness, talking about the pain and the forgiveness helped to make the power less and less. You know, it's powerful. It's powerful to experience. It's powerful to witness. It's infectious. I think 
you know, when when you look at the Jesus story, I think the theme of it is forgiveness, and it, it is powerful. You know, I started to realize that that forgiveness is like a, it's not like a one-time thing. Like I think I there were big moments in my life sitting on the beach or in a, f- a field or wherever praying and just letting go and forgiving and, and feeling that power. But, but it's such a daily thing. But forgiveness... You know, I had to forgive the people who hurt me. I had to let forgive the system. You know, I had to understand too that these people and this this thing was never really going to say they were sorry. Because you know, it's it's because it is, you know, it is like they were just doing what they thought was right. And that was something through forgiveness and ownership that I began to see was that it's just people doing what they thought was right. And it hurt me, but but I had to forgive and I had to let go. And so it was so it's it was so cool because this is when things really started turning around. Um because I, because as I was doing that, what I began to find was I was coming back to the things that I thought I would never come back to. I started to get things that I wasn't get that I from things that I thought I would never get before. And so my I, I began to understand that oh I have a faith. I started to have a faith again. But it was really scary to start saying that because, like. What if the faith was going to hurt me again? I started saying that. But I realized that what was so cool and what was so powerful about it was that this faith that I was finding was my faith. You know, this understanding of why we're here, what's our purpose, all of that stuff, you know, it was mine. And no one could take that away from me. Oh, man, let me tell you, feeling that, that's awesome, right? You know, because I was seeing the truth. I was, I was getting truth, and it was, it was helping, and I was growing from it. And instead of feeling fear, I was feeling courageous and powerful and strong. And understanding, and instead of feeling like there were all these rules, I felt like, huh, it's not that there's rules, but I was like, for example, like, there's things that we do that bring us joy and bring us what they call shalom, which is like aligning you with, 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 like aligning you and peace and love. And, Those are the things I want to do, and it's not like if I don't do them, I feel like there's I'm going to get punished, but I do it because I want to do it because it brings me all these great things. And there was a freedom in that. There was a freedom in, in not thinking about the word sin like I traditionally thought about it, or even if there's sin, you know? And so, it, and so I'm in this place now of just I'm turning the page with my notes. You know, I wrote that, like, my faith now, nothing is sacred. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's this this 
quote, it's a song. It says, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light shines in. You know, and I think of, of before, you know, there were always things I couldn't say, I couldn't question, I couldn't do. But now I can do, say, question everything. You know, and, and, and there was this, this in, maybe infallibility, you know, that, that I think that's the right word. I think I just poured a, pulled a George W. Bush and made up my own word, infallibility, um, where we couldn't question stuff. But, but now I can question everything, and not in this, this angry way like I did before, like it's bullshit, but, but I question it to go deeper. I question it to find truth. You know, and also my faith now is very expansive. It's flexible. You know, if it doesn't fit, you know, there's there's ways that I can I can look or maybe like there's just no rigidity. You know, I can I can take it or leave it, and that's awesome. I'm able to accept the contradictions and the unknown. I don't need to know all the answers. Uh, my faith is inclusive. You know, it's inclusive in the ways of just I include other philosophers, other religions in my truth. I also include other people. And in my old faith, you had to look, act this certain way. And if you didn't, then we wanted nothing to do with you. And that is incredibly damaging. But now, you know, I'm, I'm including all sorts of other ways of, of thinking and thought and, and people, and, and it's amazing to see how much is out there. And it doesn't matter the package. It doesn't matter how they look, how they said it. You know, it, if it gives me that hum, uh, Rob Bell talks about that, that hum, you know, when, you, when you're really connected or like a really good song, you feel the, the, the tinglings on the back of your neck, you know, that's what, that's what I'm, if, if it has that, then good, let's go for it. You know, my way, my faith doesn't feel like a weight, you know, it doesn't feel like something that I have to carry around and, and it's tiring. You know, I'm lucky to have it. I feel great to have it, you know? And I think the biggest, if there's one thing that I could say that has been the, the joyous and the most wonderful thing in this new way, this new faith that I have, is I'm free to be me. I'm free to be me. <laughs> that sounds silly to say, but it is. It's true. I don't have anything to prove. I'm not trying to please anybody. I'm not trying to, to make the numbers. I'm not trying to, to do anything more than just live my truth and find my truth and and if people want help, then I help them find their truth as well. Because for the longest time, I never had that. I wasn't free to be me. You know? Because I wasn't reading it right. I wasn't praying right. I wasn't saying it right. But now it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> you know, it and... And I'm grateful for that. That's the I guess if there's anything I could be grateful for is that I'm free to be me. So, 
and it's wild because I still pray, I still read, I still contemplate, I still all I do a bunch of other the stuff that I did before. But it just comes from this place of I get to and I want to, rather than I better should or I have to. And it's such it's the deepest place. And I think if there's anything, I think maybe it's like I'm finally getting that authentic reverence. And that's awesome. But now it's like now it's like I want to share this. I want to engage. I want to embrace it. I don't care how it comes. You know, I want to go with it. And I want to go with wherever it takes me. But but what would have been something that so so here's what happens with this when when we have this faith or we have these things that happen. You know, you can't you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? I think if there's one thing that I, I would talk to, to us about is, is just that, like, yes, there were things that were terrible, right? But you can't let go of everything. Because there was so many things that I learned in this old pattern, this old structure, that that are the core of who I am now. It's the, the tradition of service, the empathy, the the love for people, those kind of things, you know. It's like, once again, I'm quoting Richard Rohr again, but he says, you know, he talks about, you know, there's a beauty in the traditions, and I'm trying to see that in my life now. Trying to find the good in the past and take that with me and let go of the rest, you know. So, you know, we and it's hard because because we we get a we get afraid and i did this to to accept the good from something that because there's a fear that i felt maybe you feel this too that that like if you accept some then you have to accept it all but you don't i don't we don't if it connects you if it brings you to that place if it gives you that hum if it if it's healing, then go with it. If it doesn't, then let it go because it's not from the divine. So, so that's where I'm at now, and it's awesome. And it's great. And so as I, I kind of wrap it all up, you know, I, I hope that my hope is that people can see or you all can see that that there's a case for faith. And I'm not saying there's a case for a specific faith. And I hope you don't see that. I'm not trying to sit here and say that, that you have to think and act even like I'm doing it. I'm just saying that there's a case for faith. There's a case for, or there's a, there's a purpose for it. You know, but, but to do it, you've got to do the work. You know, Matthew, uh, I believe it's... Hold on. I dropped my... A very uh, professional podcast, aren't I? I dropped the thing I was looking for. <laughs> Matthew seven seven, and I, I like this this translation, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, where it says, "Keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will find. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened." And so, for those of you that still have the ache and the longing. You have to do the work. 
and the pain is there and the hurt is there and the, the confusion is there in all of it. But if there's one thing I can tell you that there is, there is another side and there is a connection and there's, it's there. It does take work and you have to do the work and you have to take your ownership of it and it's your life, you know, and you're, you know, you can decide what you're going to do with it, you know, and, and you, but you know, you have to talk and you have to, you know, if it takes therapy or whatever, do it. And, but you also have to forgive and do the work, but it's there and you can, you can find a place and know that your faith doesn't have to look like anything. Let it come from the inside. Let it be your faith. Let it be your truth. Because that's the hope. Because I think, and I get it from the Jesus story, and I get it from the Bible now. I can see things in it differently than I ever did, and that's because I've done it. And 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 if you want to find it in the Christian route and the Jesus story and, and the Bible, great. If you want to find other places, that's good too. Because it doesn't matter. I think as long as the faith that you're feeling is aligning, it is connecting, it is to, to the creation and the creator bringing shalom, bringing peace, bringing love, bringing empathy, bringing healing, then it's true. At least that's what I believe. So, we don't need another system. We don't need more control. We don't need a bunch of people, you know, trying to, to fit everything into this little box. The world's too big for that. So, thanks for listening. And I hope that you find the shalom for your life. And you can find peace to know that it doesn't have to end now. And that your faith can be a journey like mine and with hope at the end of it. So if you want to talk more to me or you have questions or anything, you can reach me through Instagram right now or stuff. If you want links to the books, I'll put it up on my Instagram page and, and also... Uh, in the show notes here. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening guys. Have a great night and be excellent to each other.